and I have been working as a full-time realtor and sales and marketing consultant for home buyers and home sellers for the past 15 years. My unique approach to assisting my clients to the next chapter of their lives is driven by being a team player and by offering them continuous training, education, advising, and mentoring. Every week, I will be providing you with real estate topics ranging from home buyer and home seller advice, legal matters, insurance binders, flood insurance concerns, home inspection questions, environmental worries like radon, lead paint, and mold, mortgages and loan programs, staging tips and ideas, real estate contracts, market trends, home values, and more. It's a talk radio show, and you can follow along online. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781 837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. If you missed any of our shows, you can listen on my podcast at talkrealestateradio.com. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me regarding your home sale or your home purchase, you can connect with me anytime at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McNamara. You are, of course, listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara and the broker team here at Boston Connect Real Estate. Uh, We are practicing social distancing. We're listening to our governor, and we are not uh, working in the office anymore. So I am not with Mary and Melissa, although they are missed because they are my people. And they put this all together, and we were – I did okay. You did okay. Mm-hmm. I did okay. <laughs> so you had um, your moments. <laughs> I had my moments, but you, honestly, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind why one of our guests has the job and the position that he has because he is as cool as a cucumber. He doesn't even flinch during all the hecticness. <laughs> so um, we are very fortunate again tonight. Our topic is not going to be real estate at all, but we are going to keep it real and we're going to keep it um, about everything real that's going on in the world right now. Very serious topic. Um, it's so serious and it's so important that uh, WATD has actually est- extended our show tonight and we are on until 8 p.m. So we're going from 6.15 to 8. So, Ben, I'm not sure if they gave you the notice, did they? <laughs> I did. You know, I actually got the notice from three different people. Wow. Wow, that's a lot of notice. Awesome well, communication. Yeah, that means that it's really, really legit. So um, what we're going to do tonight, we're going to be able to take your calls because I know that there are a lot of people out there that have a lot of confusion. Um, They want to know what they're supposed to be doing. They want to know what's going on. And we want to give you that opportunity to ask questions tonight. So you can call into the studio, which is 781-837-4900. So Ben is manning the phones there. Again, that's 781-837-4900. Any questions that you have... Are you going with coronavirus? You going with COVID nineteen? What's what's your what's your flavor here? It's all the same. Pick one. Just all the same. It's oh. the same bug. Okay, <laughs> it's the same bug, and it's not a good one right now. No. Um, so tonight in studio again, um, a continuation on from last week, and it's interesting because to have you back to back, it's been what this the second week or third week maybe. Second, second week. We, second. We, you and I talked on the phone one week before that, but this is the second week in studio. For us. Yeah. So I mean, to think that things are changing so rapidly that this seems so important and prevalent to have you here in studio. So um, again, we have Lisa Cullity, who is uh, the Board of Health Agent for the Town of Pembroke. We have Deputy Chief Ken McCormick, um, who does also an outstanding job. I mean, Lisa, not to take that away from you, because you also do an awesome job. Ken, you're always there for us. Um, And we relate 
a lot with the two of you. Mm-hmm. Our next guest is first time for me, um, and she seems like a very, very nice person, and I'm glad that I don't interact a lot with her because she <laughs> has a badge <laughs> and <laughs> probably a gun somewhere. So, um, we and is it Lieutenant? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Lieutenant Wendy LaPierre? Correct. Oh, and I love the name, too. So, uh, thank you for being here tonight, too, because I thought it would be nice for us to get a perspective of how the police department is handling the situation and are things changing for you as well. So um, we'll have lots of questions for you. Um, We're also going to have Josh Cutler calling in at 630. Uh, So he is going to be calling in. um, And I know Jess rushing, rushing, right? Jessica rushing. Yep. She is actually listening in maybe. And I said if she feels as if she wants to jump in at any point just to give a phone call Mm -hmm. um, and that we can get her um, opinion on things. And then we're also going to talk to um, Peter Brown and Mike Damon. They're both part of uh, the chamber. Peter Brown, everybody knows, Tiny and Sons. He's so uh, well-connected in all of the communities in Plymouth County. Uh, So they're going to talk about sort of the impact that our local businesses are taking um, because of the situation and how we as community members can, you know, help them. Um, And for us, you know, I run the office, but, you know, we... I just close the doors. I mean, we have independent contractors. Um, so I'm going to talk to you a little bit maybe about that and what, like, what are the rules? Like today I had a home inspection and wh- what do you do? And um, you messed up two of my um, <laughs> Title Five. You thought that you were going to get away with it yeah. and there wasn't a chance in hell that I was going <laughs> to let it pass. So two of my closings aren't happening because of Lisa. No. Yes. But you know what? It's the safety part of things that is right. the most important. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. I understand that. And, and hopefully everyone does. I mean, it, it's so easy to say, and, and we do hear this frequently, my whole business is halted, my real estate is halted, my XYZ is halted, I'm out of work because of this. And and of course that's hard, you know, no one in this, in, in this town or, or Court of Health or anywhere else takes any satisfaction in that. However, it's a lot harder to say some, to someone, your parent is dead, your yeah. grandparent is dead. And and what we need to do here by, by, by suffering some now, both, mm-hmm. both economically and lifestyle choices, we can hopefully do, the whole goal is to flatten this curve. This, this virus is here, it's going to pass through the community, there's no mm-hmm. escaping the virus, but the idea is that we don't put such a surge on the hospitals that the people that do end up really sick can get the medical care they need to hopefully survive it, mm-hmm. and no, not everyone will survive it, that is just a, a factual certainty, we've already seen 11 fatalities. They will survive traffic, right? Oh, yes, and so we are going to do traffic, so um, hopefully there isn't a lot of people on the road, so hopefully no fatalities out there tonight, so uh, we have Lisa DeMilo on the air with us tonight. Lisa, how's it looking out there? Well, Sharon, the expressway southbound's a quick eight-minute ride from the tunnel to the split, and northbound's a speed limit ride from Braintree up to Boston. Route 3 south, you're looking at 10 minutes from Braintree to Rockland. The Sagamore and the Bourne are both moving along, and Route 24 south is wide open from 93 to 495. This report is sponsored by the T.J. Martell Foundation. The T.J. Martell Foundation is music's promise for a cure. To learn more, visit tjmartell.org. That's tjmartell.org. Traffic on the nines every morning. I'm Lisa DeMilo in the WATD Traffic Center. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. 
We're back. Hello to all my South Shore neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara. Uh, tonight, we are keeping it real, and we're keeping it real life and real local. So uh, we have some wonderful guests <coughs> in studio with us tonight. Uh, we have Lisa Cullity, who is the Board of Health agent here in Pembroke. We have Wendy LaPierre, who is the lieutenant here uh, on the police department. And we have Deputy Chief Ken McCormick uh, here with us again from the fire department. Uh, and everybody is doing a great job. I know Lisa was just given an, um, a little bit of a uh, synopsis of what's going on in her world. And sure. Ken, why don't you, because I have to loud some stuff on her, why don't you tell everybody, give everybody a little update on what's going on with you and the fire department. Yeah, so the, uh, the PMA team meets every morning at 10. Um, we come up with the, a plan uh, for that particular day or that week or that weekend. And we met today and we've decided that uh, the fire department has made a couple new changes um we're going to stop 26 f's uh, for home inspections mm -hmm. as of noontime tomorrow yep uh, there's no more family or friends riding in the ambulance with a patient unless you are a minor mm -hmm. parent of a minor and or staff is needed for a patient that we take medically mm -hmm. um we um Kind of made a couple changes to the inside of the station. We're, you were deconning a little bit more. We're doing that. Uh, the the call that went out for PPE gear uh, that we were in need of is working splendid. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are dropping that off left and right. Mm -hmm. Although we did just put a big, hopefully, order into the state. See what we get out of that. Mm -hmm. I sent that in today. So we're making some changes. You know, we're, we're, we're requesting the essential businesses police themselves and be mm -hmm. essential if you're essential if you're not you need to close yeah um and then the last but not least which is the most important for us so we don't overburden our hospitals is if you have the flu and it's not any of the covid19 protocol mm -hmm. symptoms then call your pcp and follow his instructions or their instructions. All right, and I know that this may be old news, but it maybe not. I mean, they're saying it's flu-like symptoms, so who wants to answer this best on what, how do I know what it is? One thing I heard today is you can't taste or smell. That's one of the side effects. Did you hear that? Yes, that's a that's a common. But it's very important to remember we, we all talk about um, symptoms. And symptoms are going to vary widely patient to patient. Not everyone is going to exhibit the exact same symptoms. Not everyone's symptoms are going to be equal to someone else's. And that's why we've stressed all along, please don't hop in your car and head to a hospital. Please don't hop in your car and head to the fire station. Your first thing, if you're experiencing symptoms and you're not positive of what it is, is to reach out to your primary care. And don't drive there either. Reach out on their phone. Your primary care knows you. Hopefully they know your medical history well enough to give you a really good evaluation and ask you hopefully a series of questions that'll lead you to what your next steps are. Because the vast majority of people need to just do that, stay home. Even mm -hmm. if you have COVID-19, you need to stay mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. Especially if you have COVID-19, you need to stay home. But mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's easy to it's easy to become in a, in a heightened climate like this, overly cautious, overly scared, overly wanting to do something. And for the vast majority of people, whether you have the flu or COVID, it doesn't matter that the answer is to do nothing other than stay home and take care of yourself. All right. So beginning stages of all of this, you start with what, a headache, a sore throat? I hear you don't get a runny nose. Like what are the symptoms? It could be a, a headache, a sore throat, uh, difficulty breathing, fever, uh, cough, mm -hmm. um, diarrhea. It, you may not even get any of those symptoms and you uh -huh. may just be a carrier uh, those symptoms may come anywhere from two to 
11 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's at the first sign of it, unless you're having the difficulty breathing, unless you're having the dizziness and the nausea and vomiting and, and those things, and it's mm-hmm. just a routine type of a flu that everybody goes through mm-hmm. twice a year, mm-hmm. call your PCP, mm-hmm. follow his instructions, let it work itself out, and if those symptoms get worse, by all means, call us. We'll be there and we'll take you up to the hospital. Mm-hmm. But we can't take every single person at the first sign yep. of a flu yep. that we deal with on a constant on a daily basis, you know, every mm-hmm. other year to the hospital because it will eventually overburden the hospital. And, and is that something that's happening is, like, if I just, okay, I, I got those symptoms and I'm home and Mark is home with me now. He's trying to keep his distance and I'm doing my Gatorade. I'm doing whatever I do when I normally have a cold. At what point do I know that it's something more serious where, like, at what point are people ending up on respirators and is everybody eventually? It, no, it's struggling breathing. That That is the number one. And, and obviously that's a lot more serious for people that are senior. Yep. It's a lot more people uh, serious for people that, with underlying conditions, asthma, or any other breathing trouble normally. Mm-hmm. But no, most people don't end up on a, on a ventilator. Most people don't need that level of assistance. And just one more thing, going back to the don't go to the hospitals. Remember, if you're not that sick... The hospital environment is not a safe or good environment to be in. That's not yeah. where you want to put yourself. No. If you have the regular flu and you race down there thinking you have COVID and then suddenly you're standing around with a pile of people trying to get into the emergency room or somewhere else that could have COVID, you've just mm-hmm. exposed yourself unknowingly. So you really want to gauge that. But the, the point where you want to reach out for help is if you're, if you're really struggling breathing, that seems to be the common thread between people that end up receiving serious medical care is there's, there's a struggle breathing to the point where they're not breathing effectively or it's getting really painful to breathe. Those seem to be the cases that are being admitted. Mm-hmm. Have you, I know that we had two cases in, in Pembroke and I don't mm-hmm. really want to get too far into that because mm-hmm. I think it's it's everywhere anyways, but have you, ha- have you had interaction with anybody maybe in this town or other times? Like, have you seen people who have had it? Uh, any... Anybody could, and right? the fire department is assuming that anybody that has those symptoms, whether it's flu and or COVID, they have COVID yep. until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're approaching it. Mm-hmm. So the the individual that falls down the stairs and hurts his back, yeah. as long as you ask those questions, have you been out of the country? Do you know anybody that's ill? Have you been with anybody that's ill? Mm-hmm. And those are all negative responses. Yeah. Then it's a person that fell down and hurt his back. Yeah. And we're not get dressing up. We're not using PPE. We're doing what we normally do. Yeah, I know for us in and again, this is not really about real estate, but I'm just with my industry to get into this. I found it extremely. You know, I had to make some decisions as the broker of the company and safety of the agents, the safety of our seller clients and our buyer clients. And it's still very surprising to me that how many people are still out there wanting to look at homes. Like I said, I had a home inspection today. I mean, we were sort of in the process when that happened. Um, He's actually a police officer in another town too. And um, I just think, you know, when I, we, I was talking to my agents and I did these big Zoom meetings, I just said, my worry and fear is, is if we continue to do open houses, that the people who go to the open houses are the ones that don't really get it, <laughs> right? You're you're 100 accurate. People that fully understand what are going, what is going on, are staying in their homes. They're only going out if they need to. It's the people that still don't believe this is real, or don't think it's a big deal, or certainly don't think it will affect them. Those are the people we still see as we drive around town, um, congregating, um, perhaps engaging in the kind of behavior you you don't want to see at a time like this. Mm-hmm. And and to the point is, yes, yeah, <clears throat> some of those people won't become sick, and some of those 
those people, if they became sick, would be just fine. But what everyone has to understand is when you engage in behavior like that, wanted behavior of just interacting with people, wanted behavior of just floating around, you are passing the disease. And uh-huh. you, you could be endangering someone else, even unintentionally. And you kind of can't take that back. Uh-huh. That was sort of my fear. Remember, I talked about that last week Mm -hmm. is, I mean, I'm having a hard time breathing only because I'm so nervous about getting somebody else like Mm -hmm. being, I'm literally scrubbing Mm -hmm. everything, like every, I I don't even think I have fingerprints anymore. Okay, Wendy? So don't even try. (laughs) (laughs) You you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I think that I'm I'm probably overboard. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I think it's because, look at I dropped some stuff off to you the other day. I'm worried about you now. I'm worried about you now. Wendy, I just met you. You're on my list of people to not sleep about tonight, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, that's that's a normal reaction um, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But it's not the, I don't think that's the reaction that you should have. I mean, I think you should go about your daily life mm-hmm. as you normally would. Unfortunately, there are some there are some stipulations on what we do now. It doesn't mm-hmm. say you can't go out. Yeah. It doesn't say you can't meet people, mm-hmm. you know, family members. You yeah. just have to use social distancing. I mean, we put a big thing online today. Uh, a lot of people in town think that all of a sudden now, this last couple of weeks, the fire department doesn't care about anybody. And it's not that. It's just we've approached this totally different, that mm-hmm. we're only sending one person in. So the person that used to see four people come in and, you know, tend to every single need, mm-hmm. we're sending one in. We're asking you to put a mask on. We're staying three feet from you, three to six feet. We're asking you to walk out if you can. There are things that we're doing that we, I don't agree with. It's yeah. not something that I would ever do as a paramedic. It's just things that I'm now required to do. Well, and can you explain, because Mary, Melissa, and I were talking last week after all of you, when the two of you left last week, and it was really so impactful, Ken, when you said, you know, look what's going to happen. If I'm on a shift with, what, seven guys total, and you get exposed, and it's the same thing, Wendy, for you, right, for the police department. It is. So, what types of precautions are you? Is the police department sort of taking on, and what, like, well, how have things changed for you because of COVID? Okay, so we're asking the public to stay out of the police department, out of our lobby, yep. to call us for anything that's not an emergency, mm-hmm. and we've given authorization to the officers to take reports over the phone. Could be for a civil matter, mm-hmm. um, a non-emergency uh, animal call. Uh, identity theft, things of those nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, if there is an emergency, to call 911 and we will respond. Mm-hmm. And are you doing the same thing that the fire department, the same protocol where just one person, like if you had to go into, I don't I don't know how it normally works for you. I mean, luckily, <coughs> you know, we don't have the police at our house. We have the fire department there all the time. <laughs> we have Representative Cutler on the line right now too. Oh yes, I forgot that he was calling. So I'm going to continue on with Wendy as well but um we have josh cutler on with us and again he is our state rep for uh the town of pembroke the town of hansen and duxbury correct you got it hey josh how are you hey sharon i'm doing well well thank you so much for joining us again and um i just figured this would just be a good opportunity for you know big things sort of happened as of 12 o'clock today if you want to talk a little bit about that and anything else that you seem important and relevant for our communities yeah, thank you for having me back. And was it really a week ago that we talked last? It feels like uh, mm, so many things have I changed know. since then. <laughs> I know, it's going, and everything is changing so fast, just <clears throat> like this disease is changing so fast uh, every day. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of new developments. I'm not sure what you covered already, but obviously today was the day that the uh, the governor's uh, business order went into effect, that non-essential businesses were to close today at noon. Um, I can tell you my 
my, I've got a lot of inquiries about uh, everyone wanting to know whether their business is covered or not. I'm sure you've gotten those kinds mm-hmm. of questions. And I know because you do a lot of real estate stuff, uh, I wanted to bring it up. I know um, the realtors are are, um, are concerned about how this impacts them, certainly. And uh, I know there's um, still some discussions about some aspects of it. Um, real estate itself wasn't declared essential, but there are certain aspects of it that would still be able to continue on, obviously. Uh, closings, a lot of things done remotely. Um, you know, uh, obviously, open houses wouldn't wouldn't be kosher. But um, uh, everything else that doesn't involve brick and mortar um, visits by the public would be would still be okay to do. And I know that the um, realtors groups are working right now to try to get some more clarity about uh, showings. So. Uh, I know that's a concern for many folks and uh, anyone. I know some people are trying to buy a house and <laughs> it can mm-hmm. be nerve-wracking. Uh, we did, I think, since our last conversation, uh, there was an issue about uh, smoke certificates for, for um, mm-hmm. uh, fire departments, and that has been resolved. So that was a small uh, piece of good news. But um, So obviously you know, a lot of uh, moving parts. The big issue being the businesses, uh, business question, and um, I would urge folks who have questions about that, uh, the full list is posted online. You can go to the mass.gov slash COVID-19. It's also on my Facebook and, and my website as well. And um, just a lot of, because a lot of folks have, do have questions about, you know, whether their business is considered exempt or not. And I would just say for folks who, who aren't on the exempt list, number one, we still care about your business. want to make sure that's important. <laughs> I hate to use the word essential. It's, it, it conveys that, you know, some people are more important than others. But every business is important. Um, but there is, um, for folks who are not on the list of essential services, the state is, is still encouraging businesses to continue their operations through remote means that don't mm-hmm. require workers, customers, or the public to enter a brick-and-mortar premises, uh, which should be closed by the owner. So if there's any way to conduct your business remote, remotely without having people actually having to, to come to a brick-and-mortar store, then you're still allowed to do that whether you're on the list or not. Mm-hmm. I think that is totally clear to everyone, so I wanted to make sure that everybody knew. Um, the other piece of uh, number is a piece of news uh, today. One thing, the governor came out and announced uh, a new uh, option for folks who want to kind of get the latest updates. They can now text use their phone and text uh, uh, to, well, I'll read it off here. If you text COVID mass, COVID MA, C-O-V-I-D-M-A, if you text that to the number 888-777, that's 888-777, you can get auto alerts sent to your um, mobile phone anytime there's any kind of breaking news in Massachusetts. So mm-hmm. texting COVID MA to 888-777. Um, so that was uh, another way for folks to keep up to date on what's happening. The other um, big development today was just, you know, we got new testing numbers that just came out. Obviously, um, we are increasing the number of uh, labs that are performing these tests considerably. There are now more than a dozen labs in Massachusetts that are conducting tests, and so we've seen the number of the testing capacity, meaning the number of tests has gone way up. Um, A week ago, today, when we were talking, there was around 400 tests a day that were happening, and today there was close to 5,000. It was just under that amount. So the testing capacity has ramped way up. Obviously, along with that comes a higher number of positive cases, unfortunately. Um, We've seen 1,159 positive cases so far, and today we saw the biggest jump up, um, 382 new cases, um, Mm -hmm. and sadly, 11 deaths so far, two new ones today. So that's How many deaths where we're at total, with, Josh? Uh, I'm sorry. With everything. What's that? How many deaths total so far, Mess? So uh, 11 so far. Uh, 11, there were two okay. new ones that were, were reported today. Um, mm-hmm. 
and sadly, you know, every uh, every case is sad. All of them involved. Um, most of the individuals were were uh, elderly. One in one case, there was a person in their fifties, um, and all of them uh, had uh, some form of underlying health condition that made them more susceptible to uh, to the virus. Mm-hmm. Josh, on the testing, I'm hearing they're getting closer and closer to that magical 24-hour number to get results. What are you hearing? Yeah, um, I, I don't know specific on the on the on the 24-hour thing. I know you know we've, as you know, Lisa, we've um, we've added so many other testing facilities, and some of them, right. the, the state lab is still, as I understand, is still taking. They they say 24 to 48 hours. Um, I think in some cases they may be getting closer to 24, but I think they for for just to be careful, say 24 to 48. Um, in terms of the I, private I agree. lab, I'm just. Yeah, the, mm. the results are just coming back faster, and that's, of course, really helpful. Remember, we in the beginning, we were waiting, at the beginning, a whole week ago, we yeah. were waiting four to five days for results. And the, the whole goal, or at least I was always told from the beginning, is get those results down to a 24-hour cycle. And now I, I know people that are tested, basically, it's just over 24 hours before they're getting their callbacks. Who is getting the results anyways? Like, how do you know? DPH, so and at least okay. I knows this part better than, yeah. than me, but it goes through DPH. Right. So the, the, the whoever initiates the test, those tests are going into the state lab, and, and it's a simultaneous, from what I'm understanding, the state lab would then notify the physician in charge of the case so that the patient can be notified. But there's also a, a system, it's called MAVEN. It's an online monitoring system for infectious disease that existed for years. This wasn't just a, a COVID thing. We monitor all kind of infectious diseases through that. So it's uploaded on that system so that local boards of health can go on to that system routinely and update their community on what's going on within the community and then reach out to those people and, and help guide them through the process of, of quarantine and release. Someone does. Sorry about that, Josh. So, Josh, what of um, other things I know, um, you know, with the government stuff, there, last yeah. week you had talked about, you know, resources out there for people. Are there other things or things that you want to discuss again from last week? <coughs> we didn't hear it last week. Yeah, so, uh, well, the texting is a new option. Also, we have the 211 service. I think I did mention that last week. You can call 211 on your phone uh, 24-7 and get connected to an operator that can um, try to answer your questions or refer you to the right folks. So that's a good service, especially if someone who maybe doesn't have the Internet is not able to to get online so easily, the 211 service. I did want to mention, um, because it happens, I believe, since our last conversation, there's been some steps taken to help uh, cities and towns with um, town elections and town meetings. Uh, I know in Pembroke we had, you know, we have um, town meeting and town election coming up soon. And obviously both scenarios are, you know, having a lot of people in one room uh, at one time is not something that's advisable. So um, the state did pass and the governor signed into law legislation that allows towns, the local board of selectmen, to um, delay their town election uh, anytime up until uh, June 30th of this year. Uh, mm-hmm. It also allows them to delay town meetings um, for up to 30 days at one time. So um, some other steps are going to be taken as well, but those were taken um, already to, to give a little more flexibility to our local leaders to, you know, or frankly the folks on the ground that know best what's happening in their community and can, mm-hmm. can take uh, steps so that we can still have our democratic institutions but allow them to be operating in a safe <laughs> safe mm-hmm. manner. And Have I did any want of the also, towns decided to do that yet? Do you know? So I know, uh, like, uh, for instance, um, the town of Duxbury has already delayed its town election and town meeting. The town of Hanson has delayed its town election. Pembroke um, is, 
I don't know if they've set a new date, but they are doing that. We also in Pembroke have a, um, a special Senate election to fill uh, the, the seat for uh, former Senator DiMacito. That was pushed uh, to uh, May 19th um, to give a little more time. Um, so a lot of t- I think you'll see a lot of towns taking advantage of this, um, you know, as they confront the whole election cycle and needing to get a budget passed and, and all those mechanics of, of, of budget making at the local level that we, you know, most of the time don't think about, but obviously now become vitally important. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was some, was there something else that you wanted to touch upon as well? Um, you know, it's, there's a lot going on. Obviously, you know, the governor ha- is having press conferences daily. Uh, had another one today where he announced some new legislation um, having to do with uh, MCAS and some other things. I know people people ask him about that quite a bit. Are we still going to have the MCAS mm-hmm. test? And he did include in, in the bill that he filed today a provision that would allow the Commissioner of Education to uh, to modify or waive the MCAS graduation requirement. Um, so mm-hmm. that's still just a proposal at this point, but that is something that is in the works um, a lot of can I ask you a personal I yeah. need a personal favor um, sure so <laughs> it's really so all the people that are listening don't listen right now I just have a personal question for Josh if you don't mind answering for me or finding out for me so um, my daughter is in her third year at BU Law School and um, she already has her job uh, secured for her at Ropes and Gray so um, oh, the good. genius in my children skips a generation my husband says two wrongs make a right yeah but um, you talked about the MCAS where she's sort of concerned about what's going to go on with the bar, bar exam yeah. so if you hear anything is about it, that do you it, think you could just text me in june and january is that when it is or july this july. one in july yeah okay at the heinz That's, convention center how are you going to get everyone in the state of massachusetts in the heinz convention center in you're july? not yeah all right <laughs> i will say sharon that's the first time anyone's asked me that question i thought i got them all uh, but i will i will i will find out because i'm sure there's uh, some other folks out there listening that that have the same question um yeah. so that the bar association the, the mass bar in, in july mm. is actually going to happen okay josh yeah. i'll take the uh, lottery number for tomorrow too. <laughs> <laughs> i just want a bag yeah. of 50s <laughs> exactly so i um, have a question for you for you uh, for our, our um, esteemed firefighters, um, public safety folks, I had was I was asked by someone today who wanted to donate some handmade masks and wanted to know um, if you guys accept those or if there um, is a need locally for that. Uh, yeah, we're we're not turning anything away currently right now that's okay. brought to the station. Uh, so those are those are more than welcome. And people could just drop it off during you know. Yeah, just during business hours, just come in the lobby. That's as far as you can go, and we'll 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 take them from there. And okay. uh, with our thanks. Mm-hmm. Good, great. Yeah, that's awesome. I got them some alcohol and cotton balls. <laughs> that's a weird gift to be giving, but hey, the pharmacist at ha- in Halifax Stop and Shop had a little stash, and I told him I was having people here tonight. So um, that's what we're coming down to now. But it's better than nothing, right? <clears throat> that is. Yes. Yes. Josh, yes. how hey, about um? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to mention, you mentioned supermarkets. In all the supermarkets in our area now have uh, dedicated senior shopping hours now. Mm-hmm. Um, the hours vary a little bit, but if you, if you go online, you can see them. Uh, most of them are in the, you know, the early morning time, Stop and Shop, Shaw's, Roach Brothers. Um, mm-hmm. So if, for folks, I know my mom and other folks who are mm-hmm. in that age bracket, um, it's a nice option for them to, to go to the supermarket when not everybody's around and they can go safely and get their stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that was actually sort of what I was going to ask you next was, are there um, any, you know, anything in place for the seniors? I mean, do they need help with, 
you know, just people getting groceries for them and bringing it to their house. And this is the one thing that worries me about seniors because we've all heard and seen different things where in times like this, people take advantage of our seniors. So I just thought it would be nice. I know one of my clients, um, we wanted to get together and just sort of start something where we don't even know where to go. Like, hey, we obviously will go shopping for them. We'll deliver it for them. We'll wipe everything down when we get it to the house. Like, where, where do we go to help? Yeah, it's a good question, um, and, I've, and, and I've had a lot of folks who've, who've come forward in, in that same spirit, uh, community spirit, to try to offer assistance. And it's 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 can be challenging to, to plug in people in the right places because you know it's hard to know who needs help if they're you know sort of shut in and not communicating with folks. I, I would always say that the senior center is a great resource, and even though our senior centers aren't open to the public now, I know our staff are still working, and our senior center directors are still there, and yeah, they're most in correct. touch mm-hmm. with. You know, they're, they're actually, I know in Pembroke, for instance, they're actually calling all their senior uh, folks who come mm-hmm. in normally and doing well-being yep. checks. And so yes. they probably know, like, hey, this person, you know, could use a little help and this person seems fine. Um, that, so that's probably who I would turn to, our, our senior center mm-hmm. directors and, and local senior centers. I think, I think that's a good, good advice yeah. for everybody. Josh, do you have any final thoughts or final words that you would like to get out to everybody, to all our listeners here at WATD? Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on again. Happy to do it again. I just you know, urge folks, if you have questions, again, the state website, I've mentioned it before, it's www.mass.gov slash COVID-19. Um, that's a great source of information if you have questions about things. And, um, you know, everyone's here to help. If I can be of, of service to anyone, um, please feel free to reach out to our office. We're getting a lot of um, issues about unemployment. I didn't really have a chance to mm-hmm. talk about that tonight, but sadly that is something that... Um, you know, a lot of folks are being are confronting, and it's mm-hmm. obviously a scary time to begin with. But it's an even scarier time if you're, you know, facing the prospects of of losing your income. And so, there are some resources out there for folks facing unemployment, and there's ways that um, you know, steps that have already been taken to help. And there's certainly more. And so, people have if they have questions about that, um, again, my office is here to help. If you're in my district, and certainly we'd be happy to connect you if you're outside of that area to to, to your own representative to to help as well. So, there's a lot of resources out there. And uh, folks should just, you know, shouldn't be shy about reaching out. They need help. And the, the best way for people to get to you, because one thing that you did mention, and, and we honestly, Josh, you can take much, as much time as you feel as if you want or need, um, but Ken and I were talking earlier, and just the different calls that we're getting, like that he might be getting right now, because when people do lose their jobs, you know, there's so many other levels of that, you know, that financial burden and then the stress in the home and just the anxiety. So he's potentially going to get more calls in serious situations based on that. So I'm sure that there are hotlines and numbers and things out there that people can call for help. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it impacts every sort of aspect of our lives, you know, our mental health and physical health and um, uh, uh, absolutely. The two one one service that I mentioned before is a good service for folks who who have questions, you know, that aren't specific just to Pembroke, because um, they do have mental health uh, options mm-hmm. there as well. But yeah, no, absolutely. Perfect. Uh, All right. Well, thank you so much, Josh. Again, yeah, my um, what is the best way for people to get in touch with your office if they need yeah, to reach so you? Yeah, so I would say that the best way now is probably just to email me because I'm I'm constantly on my email, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just Josh at joshcutler dot com. Try to make it easy. I have an mm-hmm. official state house email too, but I, it's too long and cumbersome, so I just usually give that. Yeah, <laughs> forward slash backsplash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Backsplash. And if you're on Facebook, people have been Facebook messaging me as well, which is, I'm happy to take that as well. All right, perfect. Well, I sense that I will probably be doing this for the next couple of weeks. Um, I'd yes. love to have you on, and yeah. I think it's just really important to get the information out there to everybody. Sounds good. All right, thanks so thanks, much, Jared. Josh. All right. All right, bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Yep.
Again, that was Josh Cutler, who is our state rep here for Pembroke, Hanson, and Duxbury. And just, I mean, you guys are all so busy. And to take the time to do this, I think that it's great. Um, Lisa, I know that it's you important. were... important. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, you, you had touched on seniors, and, and I think that's so important. And, and yes, I know Josh's office has been awesome about connecting seniors to, to different resources they need. And most towns around us that I'm aware of are doing this through their COA, their Council of Aging. But um, it's very important to know that we've been in touch routinely with Gretchen Emmett's and she is our director here in Pembroke of our COA, and she is reaching out to all the seniors. Josh alluded to that. So she's reaching out to her list of seniors. So right now, if you don't mind, I'm just going to talk to the seniors at home. If you do not have the services or contacts you need, you can reach out to Gretchen directly. And the number at the Council on Aging is 781-294-8220. One more time, 781 294 8220. There's someone in there every day checking the messages. They will get back to you. Gretchen also <clears> said if you want to reach out to her personally on her mobile, she's the one that said to do this. She's probably listening right now. Hi, Gretchen. 508 989 Say that number one more time. 508-989-4537. So I hear all the time from seniors but I don't need anything right now. I'm good. And that's wonderful. I applaud that. If you're if you're perfectly fine on your own, that's great. But it does not hurt to call into the senior center, give them the name, number, and address. Mm-hmm. Periodically, someone might call and say, hey, are you still good? And if you're still good, no harm, no foul. You don't mm-hmm. have to do anything. I'm all set. Thank yeah. you so much. But God forbid if you get into a situation, even if it's something as foolish as I can't find toilet paper or something as foolish of um, my car's not starting and I was supposed to go pick up something, whatever, today. Right, whatever, whatever. But you know, like you offered so nicely to do that. So it doesn't have to be when you when you call the senior center as a senior and say, I don't need anything, but you know, here's my contact stuff in case something happens. That's a wonderful thing because then you've just built up a safety net. You, uh-huh. Someone else has your name, your number, someone else is looking out for you. And if they call periodically and you don't need anything, great. But then, oh my goodness, something happens and well, sugar, I, I really could have used something. Uh-huh. Now you have a whole nother resource to use. And one of my worries about that demographic is that um, they tend to not want to be a burden. Correct. So they don't call out when it's important enough. And I know Ken has actually been... I called him one day. I just called him on the cell phone. Mary's like, I'm going to call 911. I'm like, I'm calling his cell phone. What do you mean? You know, my dad. And mm-hmm. you you know what I mean? I've had this conversation with my dad. Like, dad, n- please just call if there is something yes. wrong. And unfortunately, sometimes uh, we see our seniors that they feel like they're a burden. And I, we just want you to know that you are never a burden and you are... The legacy of our town and we're here for you so um so wendy i want to get back to you okay, okay. <laughs> um and i promise ken because you said you'd stay here all night with me so um what are some of the um you'll be here until eight o'clock i'm with not me. saying anything i'm um, sitting over here in my corner quietly yes <laughs> what are some of the like differences or some of the impacts of this COVID that you're seeing for the police department. Again, we have Lieutenant uh, Wendy LaPierre. I love saying your name, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, so we're kind of going business as usual. Um, you asked earlier about sending just one officer in. It, it yeah. really depends on the call. If it's a domestic call, we're going to send in as many officers yeah. as we need. But we're um, we're staying out of the station we're not people aren't eating together anymore they're Mm. staying in their cars Uh, we're not being as proactive as we normally are Mm -hmm. 
And, and uh, just sort of like showing up and like having your face around and you know what I mean, like popping into the stores and stuff. Well, we're, I mean, we're trying to stay away from people. Yeah. You know? So that's what, and that's what I meant. You were doing mm-hmm. all that type of stuff before, before sort of yes. that, like that community, you community know. Community policing, uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that is a big difference. I see, um, Mark and I had noticed, like we see, you know, a lot of the police cars sort of, that's, that's, that, that's our answer is they're all sitting in the cars now because yeah. you don't want to be in Idling the station. In spots. Cause you don't want to be out. And in, in before, you know, I've been on, what, dozens of cases with you at this point, and it would be very normal to, to have a much more friendlier physical engagement. Actually, if you don't mind, I'm going to share a story. So people are always asking, well, what's going on with businesses, and how do you reach out to them? In the past, Wendy and I would have physically gone out, but Wendy made a bunch of phone calls oh. uh, to some people and just said, hey, perhaps you're not aware that some of these new regulations are going to impact you. Um, but in the past, that would have been a, a simple visit you or I or both of us together would have made in person, and, and of course, we have to change that now. Mm-hmm. We have to change how we approach a situation and things that can be done by phone. We try and do it by phone just yeah. to um, for everyone's safety. It's, it, it happened to us. I mean, I used to go. I go. I used to go out mm-hmm. every day to yeah. three, four, five businesses. Go in, see how things are doing, introduce myself. I haven't been in a business in that environment yeah. for three weeks now. Well, yeah. I mean, you spend a lot of time in houses. Yeah, a I lot mean, of time. Yeah. I mean, you're not just doing calls. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're there doing uh, smoke certs and doing, you know... We do uh, oil, we do propane. I mean, that that's the crust of what I do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of dwindled down. But I would I would make it a habit to go into three or four businesses a day, just introduce myself, see if they need anything. If we had some violations, we had to clear up. And mm-hmm. as Wendy said, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not community anything right now because mm-hmm. we can't do that and then expect the public to do yeah. what we're asking them to do if they see it's business yeah. is normal for us mm-hmm. and we i can't speak for them i hate it i'm gonna I do I, too. I, i'm yeah. gonna put words in their mouth they hate it too yeah the best part of my job is when i can interact face to face and really help residents and and i truly miss it mm-hmm. um it really stinks the town hall is quite as a church mouse because all it is is a, a handful of employees manning phones. Um, there's no people coming in and out and paying bills, saying hi, asking questions. There's no engagement there. And, and quite frankly, it stinks. Mm-hmm. But it is safer. And I would rather see that than see people congregating and putting themselves at risk. And, you know, to, to your point earlier, for, for those of us that are first responders, we all have to be together. We accept there's a certain level of risk that comes with doing our jobs. And so, you know, if something happens because I'm interacting with Ken or the fire department or Wendy in the police department, then then so be it. That's the job I signed up for. But to me, I can't go out and, and engage with the, the public like that anymore because now I have to constantly think, did I just expose someone else because of the dangers mm-hmm. that come with my job? And that's not okay. Yeah. And it sucks. <laughs> Well, we have five minutes until seven o'clock. Um, is it seven o'clock? Because my watch is not is dead, but I believe so. Oh, sure. Six fifty-five. Uh, okay. Um, so at seven o'clock, we have to take a break again. You're listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, uh, Mary, and Melissa are not with me. We are um, abiding by the rules and regulations. Uh, we're in studio today. That was one of the things that we could do because we are giving information out. So we are um, able to be in the office today. But you know, we shut our office doors today. We've been pretty much cleared out anyways because the agents are independent contractors but um, like I said we've still been called out to appointments I just feel like the ones we're in the works with are hard to like we 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 almost feel like we have to finish those up because there's so much money involved in that and so mm-hmm. much snowball effect of movers and this one selling it be in this one selling it and you know people giving their um you know someone who's renting they've given their landlord their notice like these are all the things that are going through our head too 
I'm sort of like nothing new right now, you know, like let's, we just sort of have to stay where we are um, with all of that. Um, we'll have another couple of people that will be calling in just to give us some more information on the businesses, how things are going in Pembroke um, and surrounding towns and how we can support them. Ken, I know after uh, seven o'clock too, I know that you had been in contact with some of the other towns and what they're doing um, as well. So yeah. we can talk more about sure. that. And then uh, we'll talk, we'll continue to talk to Wendy as well about different things that are going on in the fire uh, in the police department um, for right now um, if you have any questions for us 781-837-4900 781-837-4900 Ben is at studio um, and he will pipe you right into us I am getting word on Facebook I'm sorry we are on Facebook live you can go to Sharon Costa McNamara I think Melissa was pushing us all over um, but I, for some reason or another you're not able to hear our callers I apologize about that I do not in the foggiest idea know why. <laughs> so I, I just don't know how to fix it in order to make it so you can hear the callers on Facebook as well. But um, we have, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make this text, um, audio to text, so you will be able to read all of that information and have all those important phone numbers. It and, will also be available um, in the podcast version as well. Oh, yes. Thank you, Ben. What would I do without you? So no, on the Yay, Ben. <laughs> yeah. So we do have a podcast. It's uh, talkrealestateradio.com, or you can go to the podcast app, which is Talk Real Estate Roundtable, because we have a roundtable here. Um, again, in your podcast app, Talk Real Estate Roundtable, and uh, you can get all of our past shows, and uh, we had you guys on last week as well. So um, I see you looking at something right there. Did you want to share something before we go to our seven? o'clock um just as a as a hit point um the assistant town manager made a fantastic web page and it's interactive it's right on the red banner on the front page of the pembrokemass.gov so it's pembroke-ma.gov there's a bright red banner that says covid updates if you touch on that red banner a beautiful page pops up it's got a hyperlink to every department how you would do anything how you contact them um it's got emails it's got phone you name it it's on there for every department in the town that you might need any kind of help with so it's absolutely fantastic it's one touch it's it's instantaneous and uh, the only thing I would say with that is understand if you call or email because of the limited hours because of the rotation of staff just understand there's gonna be a longer lag time to your mm -hmm. response you know this is not for someone who has chest pains you still call 911 if you have chest pains <laughs> this is for those routine questions or some other things coming up you you can go ahead and use that resource and it's it's highly monitored it's update free updated frequently so that's there as a, as a resource to, to, to one touch to what's going on in town all right perfect and Ben how are we on time you're just gonna have to help me out because my watch stopped done to our last 20 seconds we are okay well perfect so again you're listening to talk real estate with sharon mcnamara uh, we are sponsored by boston connect real estate and we have in studio with us today lisa cullity who is the board of health agent in pembroke we have deputy chief ken mccormick from the pembroke fire department we have lieutenant wendy lapierre who is from the pembroke fire department i actually say it really nice too don't you think you do <laughs> and uh we're going to continue on our conversation regarding covid19 uh, we're keeping it real, not about real estate tonight. This is all about being real in the community. You can get in touch with Ben at studio with questions to us, 781-837-4900. And we will be right back. Market turbulence can cause panic. And you might be wondering if your investments are allocated properly. I'm Kirk Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. 
Let me help you understand your investment strategy and ensure that it is suitable for you. Then you can turn off the financial news and move on with your life. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. back. You are listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara. We are here at our roundtable in Boston Connect Real Estate right here in Pembroke Center right across from Stop and Shop. Um, I'm not going to invite you anybody in right now because I can't because there's this thing called compliance that I was told that we wanted to speak about. How is that for a segue? Right. <laughs> that, was a, that was a sideways segue, but sure, yeah, it works. That was good. So like who wants to discuss that? I mean, let me ask Wendy. I mean, so... I, like you see me in my office and I'm not essential. Like, do you come knocking on my door and say, Sharon, you got to get out of the office or how is this working? Well, initially we'll give you a phone call mm-hmm. um, and just explain to you that your business is not essential. Yeah. And if you don't comply, then we'll knock on the door mm-hmm. and let you know that, um, you know, we'll give you a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa yeah. kindly wrote up for us. Yeah. And just let you know that, I mean, at some point there could be fines attached and um, mm-hmm. they should be doing the right thing. Yeah. The governor's already made reference to that, that there there's actually pretty significant fines. So, so okay. So I'm, I'm talking about me again because here we are. Like, I was here today and I was here after 12. There's no one else here. It was me here and I, and I think Mark was downstairs, like, straightening out, like, a room. So that's still not all. No, 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 that's fine. So so what the order pertains, and I, the governor did actually a nice job of explaining that a little better today, it's interacting with the public. It's having the mm-hmm. public come in. If you're an owner of a piece of property, for example, you are here, you can't just abandon this piece of property. You occasionally have to check and make sure the electricity is working, pipes aren't breaking, things like that. Mm-hmm. And actually, some business owners have gotten really creative and really smart. Some of them are using it to the time to go in and paint and freshen up yep. their places of business. Um, I know one business owner was taking time to switch out some of his equipment. He was updating a line of equipment within his business, which is an excellent use yeah. of this time. So a business owner being within their property um doing mild upgrades, improvements to the property, maybe switching out equipment, maybe getting to that project. You know, we all yeah. have that one filing cabinet or closet. Well, that's that what I was just thinking with. about was so filing those are cabinets. Excellent. It's, it's interacting with the public. It's bringing the public into your business. And then, of course, you have a responsibility when it comes to your employees. You know, some businesses might have one or two essential employees, but the minute you start bringing all employees, now you're all in that space again, then you're you're getting to the point where, well, that's not really essential and that's where you're, you're putting people at risk and you, you, you ought to rethink that. Mm-hmm. So, Ken, if you're just seeing people that are so of hanging out, do you have that authority as well to just say, hey, you know, we're seeing I, I, you? I would assume as the chief being part of that team, he does. Yeah. Um, I don't, the fire department has very little authority to go into someone's mm-hmm. personal home and or business and, yeah. and just tell them that, you know, you enough this. is enough if they're yeah. not violating a fire law. Yeah. It would be more the board of health, the police, and the building inspector that could the rules that have adopted now under the governor, they could follow that through. Yeah. I would be more than happy to let them know that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really kind of out of our purview. Okay. So I, I found it um, not really surprising that the packies are considered essential. Um, so I'm just curious for... <laughs> 
So for the the for the stores that are available to be open, I, I had to go into CVS um, yesterday. I actually went to the CVS in Hanson, and like they have lines. Yes, you know, and they do in the CVS in the center as well. Oh, do they? Yeah, I yeah. haven't been in there in a while. But then I was in another place, and they had like a box, and you had to be in the box, but it was like six feet away from the, the counters. The, the yeah. counter. Shaw's has it. Oh, uh, do they? I think Lowe's just does it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I thought that that was great, and I noticed myself sort of step out of my box, which, well, that's no big surprise, really, that's right? Cool. You cool. out of the comfort zone, Sharon? I've never heard of such a thing. I wouldn't I expect her to step in the box. Right? I know. Uh, real so quick, I before was... we continue on, would you guys all just mind giving your IDs one more time? I have a couple of callers on the line just looking to follow along, and uh, they're okay, just yeah. curious who everyone is. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm Sharon McNamara, and we are here tonight on Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara. And I also have Lisa Colletti with us. And Lisa, why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, and we'll just go around the room. Sure. So my name is Lisa Colletti. I'm the health agent for the town of Pembroke, Mass. Coming up this fall, it'll be 10 years. Doesn't that feel? I know. That's my exact reaction. Of course, I've been on the Board of Health for over 12 years before that, but um, it'll be 10 years this fall as the health agent. And so normally my job, yes, there's there's medical part, but obviously at this point, all routine work, which which you would know me from, is is the septic, the home inspections, and all those kinds of things. All of that is suspended right now. That was part of the governor's order too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now my day is a 10, 12 hour saga of COVID and COVID related questions. Mm-hmm. And we have Wendy Lapierre, just because I like saying it, <laughs> Lieutenant. <laughs> And can you tell everybody, and and I said this during our break too, Wendy, I didn't give you enough kudos or opportunity to tell everybody exactly who you are and what your role is in our police department. Okay, my name is Wendy Lapierre. I've been a police officer for 22 years, and I've been in the position of administrative lieutenant for two years now. Mm -hmm. And I'm in charge of the grants for um, 911. Um, I do the licensing for um, license to carry and FIDs, Mm -hmm. in charge of the sex offenders, in charge of just basically putting out small fires every day when mm-hmm. we have little issues at work. Yeah. Are you on like on the on the road as well? Do you still do that? Are you mostly in the in the what did they call it? Station. Station. <laughs> Office. Office. Yeah. <laughs> so I worked the road. Uh, I worked patrol for 20 years, and when I got promoted, I'm uh, the administrative lieutenant inside the building. Oh, that's great. I can't believe you said 20 years. Like no, 22. I'm, I'm going to go back. It's 22 because now added up for the for the 12 some odd years I was on the board of health and 10 days agent. That means that you became an officer right about the time I was elected, give or take. Yes. Mm. That's freaky. Yeah. Wow. That's. Sweet. I was so much younger and cooler then. <laughs> and no, don't uh, cut yourself short. Yeah. <laughs> and our final uh, in-house guest here is Mr. Ken McCormick, who is our deputy chief here in the fire department. Tell everybody about you. Hey, so I'm uh, the deputy chief. Uh, I wear many hats over there. I mm-hmm. do everything from business inspections to fire prevention to ALS. Mm-hmm. Um, be, July will be my 26th year mm. um, he wins. on the job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I yeah. love what I and do. Have you been in Pembroke all 26 years? Uh, born and raised in Pembroke. Okay. Um, moved to Kingston when I got married. Yeah. And then now I live in Hanson. And, but were you on the, this department? The whole time? Yes, I've um, never been on any other department. Any other department. Yeah. yeah, and I know, I mean, I've been in the industry almost 20 years, which I, I can't believe. So, obviously, I've seen, you know, you for all of those years in between, um, you know, with the smoke certs and all those things. And one of the things I have to commend all of you for, you know, you're just coming out. Here it is on a Tuesday night. You want to get that information out to all of our listeners on WATD. And I think it's just awesome that 
you guys are just so that dedicated to our town and I just that's why I'm calling this like keeping it real and just about our real community because without you being able to do things like this um, you know Pembroke wouldn't be such a great place and and I'm talking about the whole South Shore as well I mean we're very fortunate I think on the South Shore so um, before uh, Ben rudely interrupted no <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that we were on a topic about compliance but one of the things I did want to talk to Ken about and I know I think we had another caller uh, that was calling in and I'm completely lost without a watch so um, and that doesn't seem to be 7-Eleven okay um, why don't you I know today you said that you were you've been in correspondence with other towns as well so is everybody sort of doing the same protocol as you and why don't you explain to again in case anybody missed it in our first hour some of the things you're doing on the fire side and I'm sure it's the police side and the board of health side and just about every part of the you know local government we interconnect and contact our counterparts in other towns so I was on the phone today uh, with the deputy chief in Hanover Mm mm-hmm we ran through what our operations were and what his operations are. We work extremely close with Hanover and Marshfield and Duxbury mm-hmm. and Hanson. Uh, they'll come in mutual aid or we'll go out. So we want to make sure we're on the same page. We don't show up at a scene and someone's overdressed, someone's underdressed. We want to be doing the same thing. Two mm-hmm. guys go in, one guy. So we're all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And those guidelines are followed through CDC and through OEMS uh, with a little bit of flare from each town but Mm -hmm. we're all pretty much doing the same thing and too when a situation like this happens Mm -hmm. and when it's happened so rapidly and i I feel like it's in every industry all of your different departments mine marks i mean you know what i mean from the plumbers to everyone i mean he's in a situation where he's considered essential because everybody does need a toila so if you know but he's also at the point where he's like i'm not sure how comfortable i feel mm-hmm. going in mm-hmm. and having my hands in someone's toilet right now all, all the contractors feel that way it's not just guys like mark does obviously you know i, I work with them regularly yeah and and it, and it is hard and and just to let everyone know what level this has risen to. A lot of people know I do housing inspections. So housing is a a situation if a a tenant is having some sort of an issue with a landlord, I would go in to evaluate the suitability of the housing and write up a report on it. Or vice versa, if if the police or fire department were to find a situation that would be um, problematic, um, I might be called in to, to help evaluate that. That's part of my job. The the state level, they've suspended anything that's not considered what we call urgent. So, obviously, things like no water, no heat Mm -hmm. um, would be very urgent situations where we would still try to evaluate those. But as far as the generic, um, my unit doesn't have a a working washing machine or a broken window or something like that, anything that's not urgent, the state has suspended it for exactly that reason. They don't want agents um, being drawn into, or housing inspectors being drawn into a situation where they're putting themselves at risk and potentially putting uh, a person or a family at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so they suspended anything that is that is non-essential, that is non, you know, to that level where where someone could be in danger of living in in that situation, which is that's pretty high level stuff. And, yeah. and of course, a lot of the towns. And again, you you talk about the towns working together, but the town building departments, the the town health offices. We've all been talking to each other too, and most of us has, have suspended what we call suspension of all routine business. Now, yes, there's an occasional permit out there that that has to be closed out, but we're not doing routine work. I mean, the the, the potential to harm. Um, the inspector, if they were to catch something, or for them to to harm someone else by bringing it in with them. So yeah, well, and that is, I mean, it is interesting because I mean, our role is let's stop this. And Ken was saying during our break, you know, was you know, 
no one wants to do this, right? No, no one no like one. the government doesn't want us to like just watch you know such a great economy just sort of like wilter. It's the only yeah. thing that seems to going to stop it, and it's and it's serious. Yeah. So we're gonna make a stand. We need to make it now. Mm-hmm. And we need to just we need to comply. Yeah. I, I get it. it. I've seen a lot of memes on you know yeah. Facebook to make me laugh and the whole nine yards, but. It's true. Mm-hmm. We need to just, if you don't need to, and I know everybody needs to work. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not downplaying that, but, but if you mm-hmm. don't need to work or you can do 14 days of staying home, mm-hmm. then just stay home. Yeah. The sooner this is over, the quicker the we'll get back. The longer it goes and the longer we don't comply, it's mm-hmm. just going to extend longer and longer and the economy is just going to get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And You'll and be per- out of work longer and longer. And a, and a perfect example of not coming into compliance, everyone's seen the funny jokes, speaking of memes on Facebook, with the Italian mayors going out and yelling at people. Oh, yeah. it, Italy is in their eighth, ninth week of this serious lockdown and they still have people being very cavalier about it and I doing whatever. I can't even talk about Italy without my eyes welling up. It's and like my favorite place f- in the world the and I can't believe it's yeah, awful. And yet there are still people wantonly disregarding it, so there's still a very high escalation of the disease. This is what we don't want to have happen, and, and none of us... How I did mean. it happen, Lisa? I'm just going <laughs> to... I want to get right down to, like, what the hell? I mean, people are dying. It's so serious. We see it on the news. I probably watch way too much, like, Fox News and CNN and all this other stuff. But honestly, like, I, I'm having a very difficult time with people not understanding the severity of what this all means because they're human i was just going to say because we're all humans well said because they're because Mm -hmm. you they're human and and there are certain situations that are very easy for people to understand Mm -hmm. and to understand the severity and to understand the ramification of their actions but well i'll turn to wendy here how many times have you seen the person that has no ability to understand the ramification of their actions and you just sit there and shake your head saying how could you see anything but this disaster coming out of drinking and driving. Let's pick an easy one. Mm. How many times have we been after one of those? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Countless. And yet, there's still the person that believes, I can have you know 10 drinks at a bar and I'm going to be fine to drive home. So there's a lot of younger people, mostly, but there's a lot of other people that say, ah, I'll get over COVID. It won't be a big deal. It's mm-hmm. not going to yeah. happen to me. How many people use illicit substances? Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to overdose. I'm not going to become an addict. And we all <laughs> see it every day. Well, here's and a, here's it breaks your heart. Prime example. I mean, some of my coworkers will probably not agree with this, but I don't get worked up over much. Anything. You're like one well, pulse short of being flatlined, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> um, and, and I'm somewhat taking this, you know, seriously. I've never seen. Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing now in the 26 years I've been here, I went through the swine flu, the N1H1, nothing comes uh, close to Ebola. This. We did yep. all that training, and I've never seen something come to a complete stop. Mm-hmm. This so, is more virulent. It's yeah, the it's problem. Just, it's got to make you think that, okay, then if they're, they're putting all these things into into place, then we just need to follow them. And, and that's the thing is nobody like they it's so serious like you you wouldn't be taking your time two weeks in a row to sit here and talk to to all of our listeners like we're we're trying to do our best to just get that that message out there you guys are doing such a great job doing that i just think that you know one of the other concerns i have and my daughter casey who she does a lot of reading and articles and everything and she read an article recently i think from the new york times that said that putting these you know shelter in place um, scenarios are extremely difficult in the United States of America because so many people have fought for that freedom. I'm an American. No one yeah. can tell me what to do. Yeah. I have my freedom. This is my right. 
We're complacent. We're extremely, we're a yeah. complacent country. We, we've seen it time and time again after 9-11, mm-hmm. after certain Very things. So. We, we, we're in the moment, and yeah. then as time goes by, we become complacent. Yep. This can't happen to me. It won't affect me. It won't affect my loved ones. Mm-hmm. And we're going to find out that this is that's not the case here. Well, I heard We have another call week. on the line. Okay, perfect. Um, I heard that next week is probably potentially going to be a little bit scarier. I think that if the numbers, the numbers seem to be following the trends. And yes, I think the next five to seven days, um, if your anxiety level goes up, I'm going to, I told you, I threatened that I was going to mark cut your cable and you're not going to watch TV anymore. But yeah, I I think we're going to see that rapid escalation of numbers pretty quickly. All right, perfect. All right, Ben, who do we have on the line with us? Mr. Damon, I believe you said. Okay, ah, perfect. And I also Mike. had uh, Peter uh, Brown was supposed to be calling in tonight, too. Did he call in and I missed him? We've just been so on track here. I haven't seen a call from Mr. Brown yet, and we always no. keep the line open for him. Okay, perfect. All right, so hello, Mr. Damon. How are you? Good evening to all. How are you tonight? We're doing fantastic. Can you tell all of our listeners who you are and a little bit about you and your business and uh, some, what your topic for us tonight is going to be? I'm Michael Damon, and I am a partner with Damon Diodati, a public accounting firm in uh, Pembroke, Massachusetts, over in Corporate Park. And um, I was just going to talk about, you know, what businesses can do, what we've been talking to our clients about um, to help them through this uh, process. Um, uh, It's a a crisis for some of them, especially anybody in restaurants, hospitality businesses. Um, We have other clients who are in the amusement business, business and they're not being impacted immediately yet but uh, their summer season could be wiped out completely if this was to continue that long so we're working with them on uh other basically you know how do how do they get through to the next year if they lost this year mm-hmm. and mike you're still part of the pembroke chamber of commerce correct still part of the chamber. i'm not the treasurer anymore but i'm still active in the chamber Mm-hmm. And I had noticed something on Facebook the other day, and I thought that that was great. Do you want to uh, tell our listeners a little bit about that? I vote yeah, have to tell our listeners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, knowing that the chamber had some excess funds uh, available, and I was thinking the other night, I think it was Tuesday evening, I kind of woke up in the middle of the night and said, you know, what can the chamber do to, you know, use some of that money to help out what's, you know, going to be a need in this town? And uh, there's already a need, but there's going to be a growing need uh, throughout this event. And um, so at first I was thinking, you know, we should get some gift cards, what have you, and maybe we can hand those out through the supermarkets. Uh, and then I thought, well, what would be better is, is I know that the Firehouse Food Pantry gets food from the Boston Food Bank, and they leverage uh, the money quite uh, well. I, I was talking to Stacy Curtin, and she was saying for $37, they get like two tons of food. Uh, so we made a donation to the chamber. All the businesses that belong to the Pember Chamber made a donation of $5,000, which will cover them for the next two months and, and, and get them more than just the staples. But Stacy said they could actually go out and buy some meat and uh, get those to the families uh, that use that service. And I believe town of Pembroke, like 800, maybe it's Pembroke and some of the surrounding towns, 800 families that they serve. Yeah, mm-hmm. bravo. Yeah, that was great. 
Yeah, I saw that, um, and I know it was like so good that they have actually ran out of bags and everything. Yep. So I know they were scattering around trying to get bags and everything. Pembroke Center Liquors stepped up, and I think it was 400 bags were donated for this next round. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm, I'll have to give some of my. We have we gave they came to us. We gave them some. Um, I don't know how many we gave away, but we have boxes of them. So certainly we're happy to do that to help out. Um, I think, um, Mike, as well with you know with the restaurants and with the local businesses and everything, and having your finger on the pulse for everything i mean have you been having conversations you're also a cpa so i mean with your clients that you're talking to like what are some of the concerns and locally what are you hearing from the business owners well we, we reached out to every one of our business clients uh, that we could get a hold of uh just to talk some of them are fine uh some are still uh in the, the Kind of the essential businesses can stay open. Um, I have one uh, company that makes uh, systems for uh, weather radar, very sophisticated systems. They received a letter from, I believe, the Department of Defense that they are allowed to stay open. They have to mm-hmm. stay open because we need their things uh, very important. Um, surprisingly, I was surprised lawyers and accountants are considered essential under some circumstances. <laughs> we did decide to shut down uh, last Friday because um, we found we just had people coming into the office that really didn't need to be there. Um, and it was really kind of to protect our staff because we are still in a busy season and we can do everything remotely now. We are pretty much 100% cloud-based. Uh, with our software, we scan every document that we have. I went out to Staples on Friday and bought two scanners and two printers um, to set up two offices. My partner already had an office set up, so uh, he was also. So we have, we can continue to work uh, and, and get returns, tax returns back to people. Um, you know, the IRS did announce uh, this week that um, for federal purposes, not state purposes, I was going to bug Josh if he was still on the line, that um, the federal government, is the filing deadline has been moved to July 15th, so it's three months beyond normal. Um, and, and that includes paying your taxes. Originally, it was, you could pay your taxes that day. Now they've extended the actual filing deadline. But right now, we have two different deadlines. We Massachusetts is still April 15th. Federal is July 15th, which is kind of a nightmare for us because we e-file everything. So if you do see Josh again, talk to him, bug him to vote for that change. I'll bug him tomorrow. Well, that go. doesn't make sense. I mean, if you, why would you wait on the federal and not on the state? I mean, if you're going to do, you do, you're getting it all done at the same time, right? Your tax return. Well, the state can't print money like the federal government can. So I think that's part of it is they want to make sure that they're still, they take in a lot of money right on April 15th when, with people who have balances due, they send in that money that day. Um, uh-huh. and I think, I'm not sure, fiscal year, I'm not sure if it's in June or in September for the, for the state, but, um, I think that they would want to get as much money as they can. But I think this is something that's extraordinary. Um, you know, you go back to, you know, 1987, you know, we talked about the stock market. 1987, we had a 20% drop in one day, okay? Well, we've had, we had, took us a couple weeks to get there. Um, you know, we go back to 9-11, uh, a crisis, uh, you know, that happened, you know, primarily uh, New York, Washington, uh, D.C., um, kind of contained there, kind of, you know, shut down the markets for a few days. I think everybody was frozen that, but then it was... I hate to say business as usual, but people were still going out to dinner. Um, you know, people were buying. And this is really the first time we've had the economy, for the most part, shut down. 
Mm-hmm. Um, except for those who can work remotely. My niece and nephew, my niece works for Fidelity. Uh, she's an auditor. Uh, my nephew works for Liberty Mutual. Uh, they're working at home. Uh, they just have, uh, they had a new baby in the last six months. Um, and so they're, both of them are working at home. They continue to work and they can do that. And, and a lot of service businesses can work remotely. It's those like, uh, Peter Brown's business who, you know, uh, repairs windshields uh or, or car repair or you know like like uh, mark uh plumbers we we need those people to be able to go out and and fix uh you know the things that break uh um so th- they are essential services to what we need mm-hmm. so um all these people that are now working from home do they get a little bit of a tax write-off for having a home office <laughs> no <laughs> no no <laughs> no i was thinking that used to be a thing, but, wasn't it? <laughs> it still exists. It's, it's so minor now. It's if you're an employee, yeah. it, you can't even take that deduction anymore. Uh, you know, if you're if you own the business yourself, you you follow Schedule C and it's exclusive use your office. Yes, you can do that. Okay, perfect. You're always okay. a wealth of information, and I'll have to have you on the show actually another time where we can talk real estate. Uh, but for tonight, do you have any other important tidbits that you would like to give our listeners uh, regarding any of everything that's going on? Yeah, well, I think you know, just with the businesses who are either shut down or limited, um, you know, like takeout only for the restaurants, what have you, you know, uh, talk to your landlord, uh, your suppliers, vendors, utilities. I, I think a lot of companies are preparing for this. The banks themselves are, you know, you know, they'll add on to the back end. Uh, this is something that's abnormal, and I think. Uh, if you've been a good customer, um, you've been profitable in the past, why wouldn't they work with you? They know there's an end in sight here. Um, you know, if you've got a company that uh, has receivables, you know, talk to the people. If it's a business that owes you money, um, if it's the type of business that can continue doing well, like, for example, we're, we are continuing to pay our bills. This is our busiest time of year. We have very good cash flow right now. So we can continue to pay everybody, not a problem. But I know that's not the same for other businesses. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you can somehow generate some income from your business, you're not restricted in some way, you know, do that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, tap, you know, again, if you have got a personal line of credit, you know, a lot of times we recommend people get a line of credit on their house, even when they don't need it, just to have it in place. Well, wouldn't it be a great thing to have right now? Um, because if you, you go to ask for it when you need it, sometimes you can't get it. You know, and we do that in business too. Um, I have one business that's restructuring quite a bit of debt right now. This, that was the recreational business that may not have a business this summer. And he, so he may have to get through a whole nother year to get to his busy season again. So that's yeah. going to be a challenge right there. Yeah. So um, one of the other things that, uh, as you were talking about uh, the line of credit, I think one of, I know Alyssa McNamara, who you know, um, she always would say, make sure you have that, you know, that emergency fund, you know. So I remember, you know, I one time had to tap into that one time um, when Mark was in the hospital for a few weeks. And, you know, this is the times when you do have those emergency funds and it makes sense why you're putting that money aside. Um, One thing that you said earlier, Mike, when we were talking on the phone uh, that I think is worth, you know, repeating is for those of us who are able to still go, you know, maybe pick up the pizza or pick up the dinner or do whatever, you know, tip the people maybe a little heavy, you know, because they're certainly not bringing in the money that they were before. 
I, I agree 100%. Uh, we did that. Uh, we did some uh, takeout um, from the alumni the other night, and the, the, uh, you know we picked up a few meals, and young lady was at the counter, and uh, I think she was very pleased with the tip she received. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that's so good. I mean, that's it takes a village, right? So you give it out in slices, yeah. it comes back to you in loaves. So. Yeah. So, Mike, yeah. how can uh, people get in touch with you if they wanted to talk to you about your business, uh, and you are a CPA, and you do uh, financial planning as well, right? And that's correct. We have another business called PowerPoint Wealth Management, and uh, like Alyssa and, and Kurt, we you know we manage money for clients, and uh, we're friendly competitors. They know us. We know. In fact, we have some mm-hmm. mutual clients. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have some people. We do their taxes, and they do the investment side of things. Um, mm-hmm. So they can reach me at seven eight one nine two four five six eight four. In my extension is two zero one. Uh, I'm checking my phone three to four times a day for messages. So if somebody wants to ask a question, not sure, I'd uh, be glad to help them out. Um, and the other thing is just personally, you know, um, is the people can also, business owners, if they've got cash value life insurance, they can look at borrowing against that cash value. Um, very low rates, they can do that. Again, a temporary loan. Um, hate to say people try to tap into their retirement funds, but some may have to. In fact, I've already had one client do that, um, a restaurateur. And, um, you know, and there's certain ordering, certain things that are better to tap than others because it may be subject to a penalty. Though I would be surprised if the IRS has something that will waive that penalty this year. But uh, Roth contributions, if you do have a Roth IRA, you have the ability to get out all your contributions tax-free, no penalty, no nothing, before you eat into the earnings. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's a good area to look at, too, if you really get that desperate uh, for funds. Mm-hmm. That's but, really good, solid But, advice. Mike, I have it from a very good confidential source that if a business did need some help and guidance in that, you could probably help them out and help steer them through that if they're looking for that kind of services. You could help them figure <laughs> out what where, where they should tap their money from that will have the least impact in the future. Mm. That's correct. Yep, be glad to help anybody out. Awesome. That's perfect. And two, I think, Mike, one of the things, you know, we've talked in the past about, you know, being self-employed and it's one of those um, interesting factors, you know, even with Mark being self-employed for all those years and I was at Reebok and then I was home with the kids, but everyone's like, oh, you're married to a plumber and, you know, self-employed and then, you know, with the real estate office going out on my own and, you know, opening Boston Connect Real Estate and everybody has this feeling about business owners that, you know, you just raking it in from all all corners and no one rem- no one really thinks about the risk that you take as a business owner and I opened up Boston Connect real estate in 2010 and that was the declined market and um, you know it's just these are the times why you know what maybe if a if if a business owner is doing well applaud them because there are times like this that usually happens every 10 years that they're the ones who are taking all the risk it isn't all do you agree with that mike definitely um you know again people are uh, you know there's a if you you look at the statistics for new businesses uh 90 of them fail you know, in the first year, uh, another 5% will do it in five more years. You know, they'll be gone. So there is that risk factor to opening businesses. Service businesses like ourselves have a little bit less risk because it's not capital intensive. You know, we can go out and buy desks, chairs, computers, 
mm-hmm. relatively cheaply compared to somebody who has to buy, you know, heavy equipment like, a, you know, a car repair shop, something like that, that has to buy lifts and tools, that type of thing. Um, but, you know, you want to get rewarded for the risk that you took. I mean, the headaches that you take, the, the late nights uh, that you're up trying to make deals, trying to help your employees through situations. Um, you know, we're there to keep you know, not only us employed, but our employees employed. Yeah, you know? that's the stress. That's a big stress. I mean, you know what? I have a lot of baby chickens to feed around here, <laughs> you know, so yeah. that yeah. has really it's been very, stressful for me. It's very, very difficult. You know, we had to lay two people off because of this. Um, and it's the first time we had to do that. Looking ahead, even though we're busy right now, um, these people don't have jobs without being in the office. It's just the nature of what they yeah, do. their job. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's going to be short term. You know, we'll get them, you know, back up and, and running. But um, it's hard. It's hard to even say that to somebody that, you know, we're going to have to lay you off for a while. Because um, just like any other small business, uh, you know, we've got a cushion. And, and I encourage all my clients to do that is, you know, plan for that rainy day, build up those cash balances. So when something like this hits or something similar, and there will be another time, it may not be a virus, it may be something else, that you've got some cash on hand, you've got that line of credit on hand, that you can get yourself through a month or two months or three months um, with reduced or no business. Well, again, Mike, thank you so much for calling in tonight and talking about, you know, we're trying to keep it real and uh, really about our community tonight. And thank you for all that great advice. And you're doing such a great job with your job and with, um, you know, the Chamber of Commerce, which, uh, you know, I applaud you guys for, you know, that $5,000 donation to the Firehouse um, Food Pantry, which which was awesome. So thank you so much for all Mm -hmm. that you do. And if you ever need some, give some more updates, just we're here every Tuesday. And um, by the way, about taking some of those rewards, um, I'm supposed to be in Aruba right now, but that didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I don't think I'm going to get to Florida in April. But I heard the word anxiety a little bit earlier in your discussion when I was getting ready to come on the radio. And I had this quote. um, This was from the president of our broker-dealer. And I thought this was a great quote. Um, It said, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable. The prison of anxiety is optional. Wow. And, uh, and he said, he goes, you know, I had my wife told me to shut off CNN. I put on um, Everybody Loves Raymond. It was an episode I loved. I watched it. I laughed. I chuckled. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I went back to work, he said. But, uh, you know, you got to get away from it. you got to turn off the TV for a while and, it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's that balance, and I agree. It's that balance of everything being so scary, worrying about the people that you love and care about that are out there doing what they do. And Mark had to do that for me the other day. We were literally sitting there, and he's like, all right, we're going to have a glass of wine. I think it was like Friday night, and ended up with the channel on, and it was just going on. And I I could feel my breathing getting labored, and he looked over at me, and he's like, enough. And we just, like, changed the channel. He's like, nope, yeah. we're not doing it anymore. So, yep. and we continue to drink wine. <laughs> That's the good thing. Drinking and driving is going to be way down for people. Drinking and driving's way down. So, all right. Thanks again. That's Mike Damon, uh, and he gave his phone number. We want to give it one more time before we send you off. Sure. It's uh, Mike Damon. It's, the company name is Damon Diadati, and it's seven eight one nine two four five six eight four. And I can be reached directly at extension two zero one. Perfect. Thanks, Mike. Have a great night. Be safe. Hey, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye. And again, that was Mike Damon uh, given sort of, you know, what's going on? It's real. I mean, that's yep. 
you know, we're, I feel a little solemn right now because I feel like it's bad news, but it's like, I just want the news out there. So people, I just agree with what Ken said too, is like, we just sort of want this behind us. So this is what we have to do today. Right. And so have you seen the thing on the Facebook where you can, um, you know, you can put on your Facebook profile. It's like the circle that you can do. Come on, Lisa, you're no. into Facebook all the time. No. Well, it says stay the um, F home. Oh, yes. I and it spells it out. Is that, is that rude of me to put up? I really want to. I don't think it's rude. I think I think anything. <laughs> Ken's that, like, it, it, it's the you reason we're here, you though. Here, here's yeah. the thing. It's the reason we're here if, if, if you're trying to share a message. Yeah. <clears throat> and any message, whether it be comical or a little tongue-in-cheek or whatever else that gets the message across is a good thing. Every call that comes in, I don't approach the same way. And I bet Wendy will say this, too, because sometimes you get the calls. Some people you need to take a more authoritative role as. Some people you need to joke with a little bit, bring it, lighten the situation. You mm-hmm. know, like Mike was alluding to some of the business owners. Of the restauranteurs I, I spoke to, the vast majority of them were more concerned about their employees than they were about themselves. Mm-hmm. They're like, Lisa, I can eke it out for a month or two months. I'm worried my servers aren't going to pay. This one's not going to yeah. pay. And then and then for every person you talk to like that, there's was, there was another gentleman, and I'll, I'll, I'll share this. I hope he doesn't get mad at me. Um, he was a little concerned, too, because his business was going to be wildly impacted. He was one of the businesses that would be shut down. But in Instead of just, you know, shutting down, he became really creative. It's actually CrossFit, and I believe the CrossFit here in town is CrossFit Magnitude, mm-hmm. yes? So he got really creative, and he started going online and doing workouts online and yeah. giving his clients workouts online. He's got people running around wearing weighted backpacks and carrying dog food, and he's Perfect. going Perfect. More calls and, for you, Ken. No, he's, he's going, yeah, right. And more, more calls for back injury. But, but and, and, and then the thing is, like Mike was saying, and I was talking to him, and I said, "You understand, you can get assistance without being like completely whatever. You can you can mm-hmm. document what you're losing and still seek out help. There's ways you can leverage your business and hopefully transform it into to something that that can get you through or limp mm-hmm. through, like the the drive out, like he's going virtual with his clients and on all those kinds of things. Um, and and again, he, he was more concerned about his staff and and maintaining that client level that he wanted to provide of service. So you know, you you applaud all that 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 people mm-hmm. are getting really creative." About, about how they're going about work and trying to keep working mm-hmm. yet stay safe at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. So you putting the circle up Hmm? would be funny. Yeah. Me putting the circle up would probably yeah. be a terrible I think, idea. I think your yeah. other three, so the other three people in the room yeah. probably would have to refrain <laughs> right. from doing that. Yeah, I know. But the hard thing is, is like I have been out, you know, until, I mean, today I went home mm-hmm. a little bit later, but, yeah. um, you know, but the thing is, like you said, I do have responsibilities here and you it's do. a good opportunity. I'm using this time as an opportunity to get things done. Um, I'm doing mm-hmm. Zoom with my office. I'm doing, I'm going to be doing a... Um, like a Zoom webinar for people, like what to do, how does this affect you, you know, when it comes to real estate and all of that. So, um, all right, who else wants to give some some information on this whole topic again? Uh, you're listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara here from uh, Boston Connect Real Estate. Uh, ben is in studio, 781-837-4900. Ben, we're either doing a really good job or people just don't want to talk to us tonight because we haven't had any other callers. So, um, um, you want to make up some questions over there for us? He's like, I'm not even paying attention right, to you, Sharon. I got questions. Okay, I'm going to ask, ask my fellow panelists. Yeah, Ben's asleep. <laughs> ben? So, tell I'm me the, 
that the saddest or most upsetting or most <clears> disappointing <throat> you thing you've seen since this started? And tell me the best thing when you've seen someone do something really awesome. I'm going to pick on you first, Wendy. What's the kind of thing that made you go, oh, that really kind of stinks? And I'll tell mine after at the end. And then the best thing you saw that was like, wow, that was just really awesome. You should be. You want my job. <laughs> I think the most disappointing thing is people not staying home. Um, you can drive through the center at night and you see carloads of people. And they're just not taking it serious. Mm-hmm. Just wish that people would heed the warnings and just stay and what's home. the best thing? What what thing did you see happen that you're like, that is just awesome? Uh, the people at the pantry. The, yeah. At the firehouse pantry, they're awesome. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. Hmm. All right, you can your turn. What's, a, what's the thing that makes you the saddest and what? I would just say the people that are struggling. Yeah. Like I said, I, I haven't seen this in my entire career, right. so I'm sure people haven't seen it. So right. that makes you kind of bummed. Uh, and the best thing would be the food pantry, the way people come together. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you ask for something, they just deliver. Pembroke's a great town for that. Yep. So mm-hmm. I mean, those are just the highs and lows of it that I could that I could probably tell you. Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing here is is awesome. good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Using using your position. Yeah, to using get your your to get out there. Studio and your position and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I th- I think it's important. I think it's you know when you have when we have these resources right here in our town. You know here we are five minutes from home for all of us and it's just it's important to me to get the information out do i get to be play part of your thing too so i would say the most upsetting thing for me through all of this was um to think my daughter casey and her boyfriend dustin went to paris and we were talking about how important it was about doing all these checks you know like you're gonna someone's gonna take your temperature everything when you land you know from another country And not one word was ever spoken to her as they landed. The pilot didn't say anything on the plane. They went through customs. No one handed them a piece of paper. So the news in Europe is a lot different than the news here. And I went through that with Casey when she was studying abroad in Italy. um, And we had the Paris attacks. She did not know the scope of what was going on. And I think it's very similar there right now. I think they're feeling it now because of Italy, you you know, a couple weeks into it she got off the plane no one took her temperature no one did anything they got their luggage they rolled their luggage out got into an uber and went to her apartment in boston and not what that really bothered me that uh, what do you mean like not everyone has a mother like me that's going to be like what do you do like you you know yeah. and she she did the right thing they self-quarantined so mm-hmm. they're like officially out um tomorrow yeah. um and they've had no symptoms they've had no signs of anything that upset me mm-hmm. because how many people has that happened to yeah and then one of the things that i thought was really interesting and I sort of liked and got a little giggle out of was um, first of all I loved the pharmacist today at Stop and Shop that gave me awesome. <laughs> that gave me stuff for you guys, um, but I loved that the alumni was giving away toilet paper. That was awesome. Yeah, That's a great story. You know, Mark actually. Yeah, Mark said, "Hey, the alum Mary was running out of toilet paper, and uh, Sam didn't want to leave the house, and Melissa had a stash under the bed, and Mark's like, well, <laughs> go up to alumni, they're giving it away.' So I thought that yeah. that was good, but that's yeah. what community does and for me um 
social media began on the corner store in Dorchester. Mm-hmm. And honestly, my parents went through the blizzard of 1978. And this is what they're sort of correlating this to, like the no milk, the no bread. And my parents sold everything in their store. And um, when they had to fill the shelves, they couldn't afford to fill them again because wholesalers went up on everything. And that's going to be the bummer part of this after yep. the fact. Yep. But um, I just love everyone's coming together. Yeah. Okay, what's yours? So the thing that makes me the saddest is when I have to field the phone call. I think everyone knows I, I work pretty closely with a lot of the restaurant owners and mm. and phone call after phone call. It, <clears throat> I'm not a part of their business, but I am. So my heart breaks for them because I know how f- far most of them have gone for their employees, their wait staff, mm. their bartenders. And to hear you know the stories, it, every time I have to kind of... Mm-hmm. Compose myself a little on the phone because it, it, I do know I do them no service if I get upset or fall apart. Yeah. And thank God for Josh Cutler and he gave me all the great resources that are available to businesses to help them through the great advice of well no you don't want to just not pay someone you do actually want to lay them off so they can go get unemployment and things like that. So that was hugely helpful. It just it just hurt. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was like watching a friend or a family member get hurt. It just it every single one of them that had to close doors because they couldn't really do the takeout thing or every single one of them that you know, would do anything if they could help their employees. And so I would say to those that have means, please do the takeout thing. Mm-hmm. Help help these people out. The vast majority of them are doing anything they can for their employees or trying to help their employees. Yes, we know there's one or two people that aren't doing the right thing. We're not going to focus on the one or two people that aren't doing the right thing. But focus on the ones that are. Um, that, that hurt me a lot. It, mm-hmm. it was really hard to watch that. And things that made me so happy, and, and uh, I don't want to piggyback on the pantry, which, which the pantry's work is amazing, the work they're doing to help. But then when the chamber, a bunch of business people got together and said, we we have some funds. What can mm-hmm. we do to help? And, and hearing like Mike Damon said, and we could have bought gift cards and everything else, but how, how could we leverage that $5,000 to do the most? And, and there's no exaggeration on how far the pantry can leverage that money and how much food that really buys and how many people that are already mm-hmm. using the pantry and how many people might need them in the future. And to know that that pantry just had that wonderful mm-hmm. resource that the business owners, and some of them are hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's members of the chamber that are hurting, but that, that they still thought enough of it that that's where they want to put mm-hmm. their resources and that that's number just that amazing. use number is going to go up yeah without yeah. question from yeah. 800 to whatever yeah. what the people need yeah. that need yeah. it yeah. yeah you know it's interesting i used to do this thing when the girls were younger i i had them run it and i did this i do my thanks and giving party every year and i give away pies to like clients and family and friends and we used to do a skating thing and we gave food to the pantries like to get in the door we you would give food to the pantry and i'll never forget this with my girls because they were probably i'm guessing like seventh and eighth grade or sixth and seventh grade and i was like all right now you have to pack it all up you're putting it in the back of daddy's truck we're going to you know wherever we're going and i remember one year we gave it to marshfield and there was a man in his car outside and i remember one of the girls saying well why are they here because like they have a car like i don't like they didn't understand so unfortunately people think that people who need food are the people that you're seeing lined up on you know no offense mass ave or you know what i mean like homeless people and that isn't the case. We have people who just seriously, you lose your job, you live in paycheck to paycheck. Spend, they spend one day with me. Yeah. Walk into, and I know this, you, you, you've had a front row seat for this, walk in on a foreclosure, walk in on the house that's not in, you know, the less expensive neighborhood in Pembroke that, that someone was one injury, mm-hmm. one illness, yep. one economic tragedy away from, and, and I will tell you, I have personally been in the house for different reasons 
of every well-to-do neighborhood in this town of someone that lost everything they had mm-hmm. and, and it will it would that will break your heart yeah. but i know you have too because it's part of our line of work mm-hmm. that we end up on the the tail end of those scenarios yeah and, and i know wendy you've been out on those calls where someone unfortunately you know made bad choices and they ended up where they were sometimes not even from their own choice but the, the situation can get mm-hmm. very dire right and wendy do you think that that's you know the 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 emotional part of this is you know what sort of roots you into no like trying to spread the word of why this is so serious i do i do yeah and i mean what do, do you have other words of wisdom because one of the things that you said is you don't feel like people are taking it seriously and i remember one night last week maybe um it was right when the kids when when did they call off school was yeah, that last two, week? It feels like a two, two weeks ago. Two weeks, two weeks ago? It, it feels like a year ago. I yeah. mean, it's going by fast, but not really. And I remember it was right when that had happened. I was over at CVS, and um, there was a car next to me filled with five boys stuffed in this car. Five. And I'm thinking, all right, well, you're not in school because of you're better off in school (laughs) like now you're just like they're like squished in these cars and they're not taking it seriously so what are your words of advice for maybe for that generation it's not only that it's it's everybody i've Mm -hmm. seen many people out that shouldn't be together um Mm -hmm. know them personally you know neighbors um going to the store together just stay home isolate separate we'll get through this but Mm -hmm. we're not going to if people don't yeah. take precautions have we closed all of like the walking trails and things like that i heard some towns have done that no it, it, the towns that are doing it are the towns that are having congregations at them for example i think plymouth was approaching the skate park issue i know you they did down there yes. so it, it's where people are congregating because this is really important the governor touched on this again no one and i, I don't want to put words in wendy's mouth but i know she feels like me i'm not out there to crush someone's fun or name no. you can go <laughs> for a walk in crusher. the woods i know right <laughs> you can go for a walk in the woods you can't go for a walk in the woods as a group of 20. Right. the woods we, is big the woods uh, is big don't be together i i would never you will never catch me in the woods by the way by myself <laughs> i would rather walk down dorchester ave with all the street lights you i'm know? all set i'm out <laughs> <laughs> somebody somebody wants to kidnap me everyone's gonna see you go in the woods all by yourself mm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big plot of land, so there's plenty yeah. of room to separate and do what you have to do and get out. Mm-hmm. You know, no one wants to be stuck in the house all day. Yeah. You just can't go down in, in a group of 15 and walk the dogs and the kids mm-hmm. and consider it like a play date. Yeah. You I'm not picking on game. moms or no. whatever, but or yeah. a group of kids that are out of school to just go hang out. Right. So what about, uh, like, in our neighborhood, uh, we had, like, a group text. Hey, does anybody want to go for a walk? Okay. Mm-hmm. So if, we, if they wanted to go for a walk... Um, you have to. Is it okay to like? Could we walk like if we were six? To, yeah. Is that good? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. But and family units moving together. When you live together, that's that's your group. That's that's the people you don't have to stay six feet from. If you're in your house and someone in your house is, has it, I hate to break it to you, you all have it. So mm-hmm. when you're in that kind of a familial unit, that's totally fine. But if you said um, your best friend and you wanted to go for a walk around the bog and you stayed at a safe distance apart, you could go meet each other and walk and kind of yell to each other and just kind of mm-hmm. take in nature together don't invite five friends yeah Yeah. and you don't cluster that the big Mm, thing is don't cluster can give um can you let all our listeners know i know we're hearing it on on tv and uh, over and over again again (laughs) 781-837-4900 you have a few minutes left if you want to uh ask any of our um 
guests here tonight questions about COVID-19 in your community. This isn't just about Pembroke. This is all over. Uh, They really have their finger on the pulse with all the surrounding towns as well. But um, what is it that, how are people catching it? Can they, is it just scraping up against somebody? I know we talked about this last week, but how is it that it's, people are catching it? So it's an airborne virus. Mm -hmm. So within the profession that we are in, it could be flu-like symptoms, sneezing in the back, any CPR type of call that we're doing, cardiac arrest. Yeah, so how are you doing that? How are you doing CPR? The same way we've always done it, we're just wearing more gear Uh to protect ourselves. I mean, you can't stop. CPR hasn't changed. It's been that way forever. Uh We just need to take precautions for ourselves that we were taking before, but now we're we're not committing everybody to the code. We're committing one or two people to the code. Some other people are staying back. The driver really doesn't have anything to do with the, the back uh-huh. part of the truck. We just can't We can't do what we were normally doing. We had to change some of the routines we're doing. Uh-huh. Um, but no, can you, can you get it? If you had it and I was six feet from you, am I going to get it? Probably not. Uh-huh. If you don't spit all over me and throw airborne things in the air or, or uh-huh. whatever. Um, we can walk six feet apart, and I would probably never get it. Mm-hmm. It's not that. T- it's not a radiated, transmitted disease mm-hmm. that just because I'm near it's you, droplets. I'm going to get it. It's all droplets. Droplets have to leave your body and enter someone else's body, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they can do that through the air if the droplets are in the air and you breathe them in. If someone were to <coughs> cough all over a solid surface and you were to touch that surface and then touch, that's why the big thing with Let's washing. Let's talk about hands. that. So how yeah. long does it? And I just have my hands on my face. How long does it, I love l- it. last? My least favorite question. So. The scientists are not all 100% certain, and then I saw a very disturbing news report that on the Princess ship that it was on, it actually was alive in that room, and I'll get to why in a minute, for 17 17 days. days. So what what we have learned about this, though, but if we think about it logically, we're going to learn some stuff right now. So this is a fatty-coated virus. So what I am learning, what the best scientific stuff, if you want to get nerdy like me and you just really can't get enough COVID, turn off CNNs, your first Mm. rule. But read some of the nerdy science stuff. It's actually kind of fun. So this is a fatty-coated virus. So remember how everyone was all concerned about it being on Amazon and everything else? And I'm not saying it can't live on cardboard and paper, but it does not live on cardboard <clears> and paper as long. The reason is cardboard and paper has a natural porosity to it, so it sucks water out of things. Mm-hmm. Where's Mark? So Mark knows, like me, <laughs> when you work in construction, you work around gypsum board and all the, the drywall mm-hmm. and everything else, and your hands get all nasty and they crack, Mark, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the substances you're handling, desiccating your hand. It's pulling water out. That's to, to remove water. So it doesn't like those surfaces, and it tends to die quicker. So now we get to, wait a minute, there was living virus on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. What is a cruise ship? It's all metal. There aren't porous surfaces. Mm-hmm. It's like a big can of canned goods holding all that moisture in. So those nice smooth glass surfaces, those nice smooth metal surfaces, and especially if there's not good air circulation, so it's staying a little moistish. Inside that, a stateroom. Yeah, yeah, inside a stateroom. They're like petri dishes. I it, mean, this happens is. often on cruises. I've never been on actually, one. Actually, but statistically, it doesn't. That's actually a misnomer. It gets a lot of press because there's two reasons. Cruise ships have to report norovirus or any other outbreak on the ship, and it has to be publicized. So one, no, it's not more common on a cruise ship. It just has to be reported, and it makes sensationalistic mm. news. So it's on there. I guarantee you noro, uh, norovirus outbreaks in schools are even more common. Why schools again? So again, most schools are that nice glossy brick mm. and everything else, all those non-porous painted surfaces and everything else, the same reason. Mm-hmm. So 
again, it's density of people too also has a lot to do with it, which again, it's a problem at schools and, and, and cruise ships is of course, your density of people is how much easier it is a droplet to move from one person to another. Keeping the kids out of school. So when initially we did that, we did that, not mm-hmm. what we just went yeah. into effect today. So was that basically because they're so close there, then they're going to give it to somebody else? Because I thought that I had read that it was more, better to keep them in schools. Th- that was the initial thought. I think there's also, it's a, it's a domino effect. Um, keep in mind, once certain businesses started closing and certain schools had to take different precautions, that starts to take teachers and, and para, para aides out of the schools. And a school can't operate without a certain level of staffing. So it's a domino effect one school goes and then that's going to be staffing not available for that school and a domino effect so uh, the governor was right that the kids are almost safer in schools you just wouldn't have them cluster in the large cafeteria groups you know you Uh keep the classroom somewhat isolated you could have done that but again once the dominoes start of people being out then then your resources are there it's like ken's analogy with the firehouse you can only lose so many guys before you don't have a firehouse Uh same thing with the police and that's why something else to talk when you've broken up your command a little bit we have so um I'm working nights, um, a couple nights every week now, Uh um, and the chief and Lieutenant McDonald will work days just so that we have somebody on 16 hours a day. Uh And also so that we don't have the leaders. Uh Well, I don't understand why the president and the vice president stand next to each other. I... As a scientist, I am confused by that. And the, the other guy, you know, the main guy with the glasses who's everywhere, like he never sleeps, he yeah. stands like this a lot. And I was like, and you're telling me to cough in my elbow and you're standing yeah. like that. No wonder people catch stuff, right? But again, again let's go back to the droplets. <laughs> we got to go back to science. So okay. if you cough in your elbow and you touch it, could you potentially pick it up? Yes. I'm going to presume he probably doesn't cough. And I'm going to presume if he coughs, he probably has a handkerchief. And I'm going to presume if he coughs like me, his neck. He does this a him. lot. Yeah, to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I know why he's scratching his head. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the man a complete pass on scratching his head. Yeah. So, you know, people say, I'll, I'll pick on my mother. Lisa, you're at so much risk. You're at so much risk. Oh my I gosh. wash my hands all the time. If I uh-huh. go anywhere that I have to touch anything, I go back and wash my hands. And remember, everyone's all excited. And I'm not saying this is is bad <laughs> by all means. Clean with the Lysol wipes. Do do all those wonderful things. That's, That's great. I gave you the goodie bags for my peeps, right? Um, yeah. And the sanitizer. <laughs> But nothing's better than soap and water. Nothing beats soap Perfect. and water. That's what we're going to end with. Rock, paper, scissors, it's soap and water soap wins. and water. Soap okay. and water wins. Final thoughts, too. So how can everybody get in touch with you? Just to go to the Pembroke Connect yeah. page. Our, our, website, our fantastic uh, website. website with that nice red banner. It's got everyone. It's got police. <clears throat> it's got fire. It's got board of health. You name it. You go to the, our town website. You click that red banner. They will connect you with everyone. Perfect. And if you can't get there, you can always get to bostonconnect.com. I will be sure to give you all the information that you need. You can call at the office, um, which is going to an iPhone now, which um, Melissa is answering in her bathrobe, 781-826-8000. Thank you, everybody. I really, really appreciate all you do. Stay safe and uh, use your goodie bag of um, alcohol. <laughs> Have a great you. night. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye, Ben. Wash your hands. Hey, everybody.